Healthwise. This is Thomas Coyer. This is Sarah Kane. And we'd like to welcome you to episode 16 of the HealthWise Report, audio edition, of course. Welcome to the show. We've had a very long recess since our last show. Yeah. It's been well well over a year. Yeah, we've been working on the movie that we've been doing. I don't know how many of you people read our site, but right now we've been working on Prescription for Manslaughter, a Mm -hmm. documentary about antidepressants and how they can cause people to become manic and crazy and even homicidal. By the way, what we've uncovered is incredible. When we're done with this movie, it will overshadow our last production, which was The Cancer Report. As some people described it, this is a, quote, real, unquote, documentary, which means is is that we have lots of video and talking and stuff in it. The other one was, well, the format was sort of like a slideshow. The problem was is that we were discussing a topic that largely took place, what, 100 years ago? And that's when the medical schools were told to throw out their libraries of stuff. Because in those days, cancer was actually cured. And that was a problem for the chemical industry. Yeah. Because curing someone is bad for business. If you can create a perpetual drug addict, someone who has to keep coming back again and again and again, that's very good for business. Yeah. Well, nowadays, with the rise of technology, home video cameras, and, of course, the Internet to exchange information... It's much easier for modern topics to be able to get some media. Yeah. It was something of a bombshell, but the new movie is going to be worse or better, depending on your perspective. Um, I guess it'll be worse for the other side. Yeah. But just over a meal the other night, you were mentioning, remember the, uh, what was it, the hyper... um, Hyper arousal. Yeah. It's like one of the many smoking guns that we have. Tell them about that, Sarah. Sure. With SSRIs, which is a class of antidepressants that we're focusing on, the the new class, the Prozac and Luvox class. The fluorine and fluoride drugs, right? Yeah, exactly. With these, the FDA and all the big industry partners all deny that they cause violence um, and homicide. Yet... Well, they do admit it does suicide now. But finally, enough pressure was put on these people that they admit these drugs cause suicides, but yet they're prescribing them even more. Yes. Anyway, I came across something from the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, for the non-U.S. people. And they said that one of the side effects is hyperarousal. Oh, do tell, Sarah. That's also known as the fight-or-flight response, what triggers people to either quite literally Uh become violent or aggressive or run. 
they're admitting it under these different terms because by that they're also admitting that it does cause aggression. But they're afraid to put the word aggression there. So let's get this straight. All right. The drugs are safe. They don't cause homicidal behavior. But they do cause the fight or flight response, which is known as the aggression trigger thing in psychiatry. Yeah. In some places, they're actually saying that it causes akathisia now. But they're redefining the term akathisia so that it no yeah, longer yeah. Is, Isn't that restless leg syndrome, Sarah? You would think so if you read some of the modern literature, but you go back, you know. Well, well akathisia used to mean you, you became psychotic. They, they actually came out and admitted it yeah. at one time. Loss of reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now, akathisia is restless leg syndrome because restless leg syndrome had to be invented to sell a certain new class of drugs that they didn't have a disease for. So, um, akathisia has had many uses for the establishment. But we're doing this show now because we've had so many people all over who seem to enjoy our shows more than anything else. We've been flooded. Yeah, more than anything that we do. I mean, we, we do the site, that's healthwise.org. Mm-hmm. Um, we have done a magazine in the past, way back. An actual print magazine that was actually in stores. Yes. Before we got blown, blasted, clearing out of the sky. Mm-hmm. We've done, mm-hmm. obviously, the cancer report, but... Yeah, people seem well, to I'm sorry. seem to go for the audio shows above anything else. So yeah, here we are. Um, for some strange reason, people actually like to listen to us. Yeah, well, as I said, we've been we've well, lost our last show though. But I'm going to let you take this one. This one was your baby. All right. Well, the last show was when we had Richard Gage on, who is the CEO or founder of Architects and Engineers for 911 Truth or mm-hmm. AE 911truth.org, which is a uh, 503c. 501c3, oh, yeah. 501c3 no. nonprofit, which is always a. I'm not going to comment. Yeah, it, it's, mm. it's generally a really bad sign about any organization. It's a bad sign about a church, in fact, and most of them are. It's, which makes them essentially a division of the government because they can't be political, they can't say certain things. If they want to keep their tax free status, they have to be team players, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And so no honest charitable organization anymore, very few of them, can really have that status. No, they and certainly can't keep it for long. Not keep it for long, no, because you're, well, if you're a troublemaker, then you may lose your tax status. You know, you're 501c3, correct? Yeah. Anyway, I was actually working for them at the time. I was doing their network administration, setting up their website and their email and all that sort of stuff. And Thomas was helping out too. What they had was garbage, and you, like, rebuilt the whole thing from ground up. I had to, because... It was I, total garbage. They yeah. had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, when I kind of started on that back in 2010, sometime early, they had a site that was just incredibly unstable. Email that was down for weeks at a time. And anyway, they ended up firing me right when, right at the time when I, I'd done everything. We had a com- complete system you know, that it's, was... It's like the, the bodybuilders who have that muscle between their ear and their shoulder. <laughs> when, you, when you get that muscle... You're there. You, you don't you need. Stop, right? You don't need to go anymore. Yeah. yeah. And and they were there. They had an enterprise system which should have cost them like, you know, thirty thousand dollars to set up, and um, they were actually paying you for it at a very low rate, which is interesting. You know, another a five hundred one c three charitable organization that has paid employees. Quote volunteers. Right? Quote volunteers. You, yeah. you didn't get paid. You got a quote a stipend. Yeah. To until you were done with the job, until mm-hmm. you you were finished, and then they just like. 
locked you out. I mean, that's, that's how you found out, isn't it? They, they like, locked you out of the, the system. Yeah. There was no, like, graceful, you know, thank you for doing your work, we're moving on, nothing like that. No, mm-hmm. just locked out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was because this one dude, uh, what's his name, Justin, what, what was it? Uh, Keo. Justin Keo mm-hmm. um, at the organization was apparently a little jealous and apparently didn't like the idea of a 21-year-old or 20-year-old girl doing his job for him and making him look stupid. But it's it's really sad. And the thing is, is at the time we were leaving, there was supposedly all this secret, quote, board intervention. You see, no actual legitimate charitable organization out there has a secret board. You know, like the, like from the movie The Star Chamber, where they have secret meetings and make secret agreements and, you know, decide the future based on their secret rules and secret agreements. If this is a, you know, an actual public charity, that something's really fishy about that. Yeah. I would say, I'm going to be honest, I'm just going to come out and call it like it is, because I've been watching this whole thing for a long time, okay? Mm-hmm. They get donations like you wouldn't believe. I mean, they ask for money, and within a couple of days, they get like a half a million dollars. Just, just comes in from all these anonymous people they've never heard of before. <laughs> okay? That reeks of one thing. That reeks of a spook operation, a, a governmentally funded operation. And the reason is, is because they have the petition, this big petition that everybody signs, who is affiliated in any way with the organization. Well, this big pet- petition is basically a big document, a big database of the troublemakers. Well, not only that, though. The, the troubling thing is, is that it's not just the troublemakers. It's the troublemakers who are in positions in which they can actually do anything. It's the yeah, the, in- the architects and the engineers. It, it's the, the so-called experts. The ones who need to be dealt with, who need to be assigned to spook. Mm-hmm. to basically temper and control what they do. And we deal with this sort of stuff all the time. You know, we, ha- we have people sent to us to try to shut us up. I mean, we have, we have people who try to bait us on the phone to, to, quote, give, quote, medical advice, you know. And um, we can't give medical advice, of course, because that's illegal. The FDA will come shut us down if we even give advice. You know, you think this is a free country? We can't even say certain things. What we do is, is when somebody calls us for medical advice, we don't tell them what to do because we're not allowed to tell them what to do. What we do is we tell them what we would do in that situation and tell them in strong terms that if we were in that situation, this is exactly what we would do to get better. Mm-hmm. Because we have to play these word games, and it's not right. But um, I, don't, I can't believe how sidetracked I'm getting here, Sarah, um, on the spooks and stuff. But, you know, we tried to warn them about spooks. Sarah outed one of them. We had this woman named Alyssa. Uh, just just run with this, Sarah. Tell them about Alyssa. Yeah, we had, as you said, Alyssa Pullman, who joined the organization and began kind of working her way up into pretty much every area well, of the she organization. She was at the top within like a month, wasn't she? She was. She suddenly joined the web team out of nowhere, which yeah, is supposed which to be like the most secure one because this, it like maintains yeah, all the information. This was like the elite networking team that Sarah was running. Suddenly she just found this woman on her team with no well, notification. Mm-hmm. And she was running the area, or she was actively involved in an area of the petition that actually monitored... The names. The, the different names. It's like a honeypot. In the networking community, this is called a honeypot where you try to attract the baddies or the whatever. Yeah, and... To in, get their names. In addition to that, she was also 
working on the so-called volunteer team, which was actually monitoring everybody who came to volunteer to the organization, you know, and deciding whether or not they actually got to volunteer. Yeah, but, but, but tell them what you discovered about this Alyssa, Sarah. Yeah, well, after some research, it turns out that Alyssa works for home, Homeland Security. Um, Homeland Security? Mm-hmm. I which just thought I'd repeat that. I found shocking and jarring that it was so easy to find, actually. Yeah, she actually... Wasn't she bragging about her Defense Department job right on LinkedIn? Yep, exactly. I mean, and do tell us, how did they react when they found out she was on Homeland Security, there? Well, a lot of people in high-up positions didn't react. That was what was kind of scary. Disturbing. It's like, if they'd reacted like me, like, let's get this person out. Yeah, um, because they're tracking all the volunteers at AE and everyone who signs a petition. For yeah. the government. Then that would have been, okay, you know, they dropped the ball, you know. Um, yeah. But they didn't. They were just kind of like, and? And so what's the point, Sarah? Yeah, what, what, what is the, the point? Yeah, so. Then we've got Homeland Security working at the top monitoring everybody who signs a petition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She managed to get on, like, all the different teams working around. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty much anything that would be useful mm-hmm. to them, yeah. And if I remember correctly, there was a so-called all-teams call. That's what they called it, the, quote, all-teams call. It was a big conference for all the team leaders and anybody else who wanted to join, right? Yeah, anybody who was, like, a member of the organization. Anybody who wanted to. So so you had, like, hundreds of people on this phone call. Mm-hmm. And you outed her on the phone call, right? Yeah, well, or somebody asked me to, to do something for Alyssa or to contact Alyssa or something like that. And, and I just flat out just kind of came forward and said, no, I can't do that. It's my job to protect people from Homeland Security, not to, you know, give them access. Turn them over. Um, Anybody who questions the 9-11 story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, Alyssa just kind of disappeared. Vanished. Because at that point, you weren't just talking to the leadership anymore. You actually outed her amongst the whole organization, yeah. which became a huge embarrassment to the leadership. Yeah, because the organization consists somewhat in actual real, you know, truth is. But apparently the people at the top aren't real concerned about whether Homeland Security has infiltrated the organization. Which, of course, to me, that leads me to wonder, well, who's a member of this big star chamber board? (laughs) You know? Uh Who's on the secret board? If the government is essentially funding the organization, then I imagine some of the really big funders are on the board. For instance, somebody at NSA or CIA, FBI, whoever wants in, literally could buy their way in to be on the board, the secret board, and secretly manage the organization with no accountability, nothing. Yep. We've been quiet about this for a long, long time. The whole time Sarah was a member there, we sort of kept quiet about it before they basically shoot her out like a criminal for no reason. Some of you may be thinking, well, why didn't you say anything about it before? Was it because you were getting paid? Was it because you were with them? Were you compromised yourself in a sense? Mm-hmm. And I don't think so. I think the way it works, basically, or what happened here, is that the whole time we were there, we we kept trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. We tried so hard. We tried to work with them. We tried to help them. And it's the fact that Sarah got fired the way that she did get fired just raises more questions. I mean, this, this was not normal behavior, you see. Mm-hmm. It was like they were afraid of something. They were they were getting into something, doing something that Sarah had to get removed from the organization. Yeah, I, I mean, it was it was definitely very strange. Back when I was in the organization, like you said, there was a benefit of the doubt factor, and there's a thing where you you know you look at a certain person who's not reacting, and you think well, maybe they're just really naive. After you've been you know kind of kicked out of the organization in a way 
that is so abnormal and so irrational, just all of a sudden they lock you out of all the systems and give you because no, you were no you were the person of highest trust, uh, yeah. except for the board. <laughs> you were the highest non-board member, basically, because you had access to everything. Your job was to administer everything. You saw everything on the network. Yeah. You, you knew what was going on. You saw some interesting things that we can't really talk about. Mm-hmm. Things that may have been illegal but aren't necessarily immoral, so we should probably just move on from those. But what's more important is I, I just think we should get the word out. There's something really fishy about this organization. Yeah. There, there really is. And it's it's sad. To our listeners, this is probably turning into something of a downer, this this topic. Yeah. Anyway, we haven't done a show for a while. Oh, sorry, we haven't been to the site for a while because, again, of the, the movie we've been working on. But when we, we are... Well, AE kept us distracted for months yeah. when you were setting up the new... Anyway, I'm sorry. I digress. Mm. Just, just smack me, Sarah, if you need to. Anyway, what I was going to say is that when we're done with the movie, we're not really anticipating updating the site very much after that. Yeah, we we might, but I think we're probably just going to concentrate on these shows, um, yeah. judging by how popular they are. It seems to be that you people enjoy the shows more than the articles, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, we've got everything on the website, almost, that we need. We've got all the major diseases. We've got, yeah. you know, diabetes and heart disease and cancer and far more than yeah. that. Well, I guess I can understand it, Sarah. I mean, I would rather listen to somebody than read their writing, if given a choice. I wouldn't, but I'm strange You like are that. very strange like that. <laughs> but most people would, I think. Yeah. If li- listen to somebody talk and, you know, read their stodgy writing. Is that the right word? Um, uh, am I uh, keeping up with my British very well there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of things that we need to cover. We need to cover Lyme disease still. Yeah. We've gotten a lot of contacts about Lyme disease, and there are people suffering out there, people desperate, people who have been to their doctors over and over again, even changing doctors over and over again. They're getting nowhere. They're just suffering. The doctors are just saying, you're crazy, I can't help you, whatever. The trouble is that, like, the conventional literature, I call it conventional loosely, um, Mm -hmm. says that all you need for Lyme disease once discovered is two to three weeks of antibiotic treatment. And after that, you're cured. And because of this, it's something (laughs) of, like, the only thing that they can, quote, cure. In the medical establishment, so it's it's almost like a, a prize thing. But it, it's, it's a pride thing. It's like they say they can cure it in three weeks, and when they don't, since it's like impossible for them to be wrong, <laughs> then they, they just say you're crazy. Exactly. But there are people out there who've had this condition for months or, or even years in some cases, and um, some people who've actually apparently died from it. So it is something that... It's, it's, a, it's a serious disease. Yes. It really is. And we've covered most of the big ones, you know, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, hypothyroidism. Fibromyalgia. Oh, you name it. We've, we've had, but we've stayed away from Lyme disease because we didn't really grasp how big this is. But it, it apparently is growing exponentially out there. Lyme disease is exploding in the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere now. Yeah. And we need to do something. And if you happen to be one of those people who has contacted us for help on this topic, we're sorry. We really are. We will get back to it. We can promise you. But we can't comment on something we haven't done the research on. The training we get is the training we essentially make. We're self-taught. Yes. We do tireless, ridiculous amounts of research. They would probably put any medical school to shame. But if we haven't done it yet, I mean, we just don't know. But it is one of the things that we will be getting to. We've promised several people that we'll be getting to. Mm-hmm. So. 
yeah, stand by, I guess is the right thing. Yeah. I do want to mention that we have people who call us. Um, you know, the number is on our website. We have people that call us and they request help, often for something that we've already covered on our website, but I digress. They call us and a lot of times it starts out in a certain way, which is becoming irritating to say the least. <laughs> yeah. And it starts out by these people saying, or saying at some point in this conversation, I'm going to donate soon. These are on the phone calls, right? Yes. These are the phone calls. Phone calls only. Now, why this is an issue is because we don't need to be bribed to help you. If you have an issue, call and we'll speak to you. We're human. We're uh-huh. we're not doctors who need to yeah. be paid to help people. Yeah. Some people have mentioned that they're sorry for calling because we don't have the time. Well, it's like, if we don't have time for you, we'll tell you. That's rarely going to happen, okay, because we'll usually make the time. And if it's something really important, really, like, you know, your life is in danger, um, we'll definitely make the time. Hey, if we don't have the time, we'll let you know. We'll just say, call us back tomorrow, or we'll call you back tomorrow. It doesn't matter. We'll make it work. Yeah, but it becomes offensive after a while of, you know, being told, uh, you know, all this, I'm going to donate. It's like that. It's like the people are trying to like manipulate us into helping when we wouldn't otherwise do so. That's exactly what they're doing. It's it's disingenuous and it's just yeah. You know, it's like if if you're going to donate, do it. Don't yeah. tell us about it. Don't try to bribe us in your phone call to us. If you need our help, just call us and ask us. So if you've got the money to donate, we'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, uh, we certainly need it. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> we definitely need it. But you know. Um, there's no need to bribe us to do anything. If we've helped you and you're able to mm-hmm. give us a donation, we appreciate it. But right. there's, there's mm-hmm. no need to even mention it. We definitely won't mention yeah, it. Just, if you need our help, don't call us up and talk about the money. Because the people that do call us and talk about money, they're just jerking us around. Yeah. This is going to seem kind of strange to people, but I guess the, the people listening, I'm hoping they can empathize. I'm sure most of them haven't been in this position. You see, we actually are something of a charity. But we're not a 501c3. We don't have any alliance to the government. We don't have to say certain things or avoid certain things to protect our tax-exempt status. Because we pay taxes. We don't ask for any special treatment. And we most certainly don't ask to be put on a program to where we're somewhat beholden to the government. Where they can punish us if we say the wrong thing by calling us a political or whatever I don't remember what the stipulations are, but it's one of the reasons why so few pastors and preachers nowadays discuss any hard-hitting topics. Like, how many pastors have you heard say, you know, these endless, ridiculous, unjustifiable, illegal wars over the Middle East, they're wrong, they're immoral, they're unchristian, they're sinful. How many of you have heard a preacher say that? Is that it's like, let's pray for the troops. Yeah, whatever they can... Yes, what they're allowed to say. Exactly. You know, if they mention it, it has to be something like that, because they're not being political then. Mm-hmm. What we need are some of these hell-raising preachers from the 60s that would take on evil where they saw it. Mm-hmm. If you remember, that was the era of the civil rights movement and lots of little social movements. The churches got involved, and it is at that time in history in which the, the rules regarding tax-exempt status were rewritten to help manage the churches. And believe you me, the churches are being managed now. There's actual programs in which pastors are being taught to disarm their own parishioners in case of martial law. 
that's actually an ongoing program. You can look it up. It's insane. Odds are your pastor is not really working for God. He's a G-man. He's a governmental man. <laughs> you guys may think not a big deal, but it, it is when you think of the people that are dying now over nothing. When you've got a what pa- is for something? It's for the New World Order, but, you know, it's, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, when you've got a pastor who is supposed to, you know, be preaching, and who does preach, you know, the the basic Ten Commandments, I mean, that's the most basic thing that I can think of, biblically speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, the core. Yeah, um, that quite clearly states that you shall not kill, and that's so widely known. And yet, with something as basic as war, they suddenly turn around and glorify it because the government tells them to. It's like, it takes selling your soul to a new level and then mm-hmm. preaching that well, to others. Well, in this country, the, the main organiz- the government organization managing the military is called the Department of Defense. Not, not offense. Not the Department of Offense, not the... The Department of Imperialism, or whatever you've got now. The military has traditionally been used for defense only. That is an honorable thing. If you're defending people, well, you're not a monster. It's that simple. For that reason, nations around the world have traditionally called America an isolationist country. It was isolationist because we didn't get involved elsewhere. Because our military wasn't meant to go attack other countries. It was meant to defend our country. There is no, I guess the word's honor in what's going on now. It's certainly not Christian. Well, nowadays, I think we're going after countries that don't even have armies. So at that point, it's not really a war, it's just an invasion. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, um, yeah don't have a navy and air force, very little of an army, if anything. Mm-hmm. And what a great victory, right? We've beaten this country, another country down. And... You know, we've been doing a lot of research and listening around. A lot of the people out there who assume there's an oil connection, and and there is, by the way, they assume that the oil connection is that we can take their oil that we need. And in a sense, it's almost like self-defense, because that oil is our lifeline. It's the blood flow of the United States. We need that oil, and that sort of maybe makes it all right. Self-preservation. Here's what's really rich, and if you look at the numbers, you look at the stocks, the patterns, what's going on out there, these wars are not to get us the oil. These wars are to artificially restrict the amount of oil so that prices can be maintained artificially high. So that's why you're paying so much. People are being killed to make sure that you have to pay that much. In other countries, they did nothing. Anyway. Yeah, let's move on to a know, health topic. Maybe maybe it'll be less of a downer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what middle of November now, and so... The air is colder and thus losing its ability to hold moisture. Now, what a lot of people do is they have a vaporizer or Mm -hmm. humidifier Mm -hmm. of some type in their homes. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not inherently a bad idea, but there's an issue with that because to, well, I think 100% of the homes, uh, certainly in the United States... Yeah, all of them have chlorine. Yeah. um, They've been chlorinated. Mm -hmm. Now, chlorine... When you use a vaporizer, the chlorine gas will actually come off in those vapors. Theoretically, when you distilled water, you should get pure water in most cases. In a normal distillation apparatus, you have basically the cold place that's the condenser, where the water droplets fall, that fall down into the, the container. In a normal distiller, any gases that are given off are just simply given off. They're ejected. When you're using a vaporizer, 
all the gas is ejected off into your house. You see the problem. And one of the gases given off is chlorine, chlorine gas. It's getting a lot worse than it used to be. It used to be your vaporizers heated up and from the heat put off vapors. The new generation of vaporizers, like all the ones that have been out in the last 10, 15 years, they use electricity to vaporize the water. They have two electrodes sticking in the water and basically through electrolysis, through basically shooting electricity through the water, you're giving off steam. And what that means is, essentially, all of the chlorine will be given off yeah. into chlorine gas into your house. The problem is, is of course, the gas, but you'll feel better temporarily. For that first hour or two, you know, you're using the vaporizer, you'll feel much better. From well, humidity. From the humidity that, that's in your lungs, yes. It'll give you a minor symptom improvement. The trouble is, and especially... This is especially true if you have a respiratory infection or something, with you're already aggravated. Mm-hmm. Within six to eight hours, your condition is going to take a dramatic turn for the worse. That vaporizer is going to end up making you much sicker for much longer. And people won't realize the connection. They'll never see the connection. They'll just think they've gotten worse. But they'll keep using that vaporizer because they notice that when they use the vaporizer, within a couple of hours, they were so much better. It's, it's, really, it's so sad. People don't know this. So it's just not safe. Your condition will get much worse if you use a vaporizer, unless you can get some non-chlorinated water. Yeah, I mean, you can get fairly cheaply shower filters. Mm-hmm. And what we've done before is uh, get make sure, of course, this is a dechlorinating shower filter. I think they're called KDF filters. It'll say some on the box. Now, if you can get the water from the shower filter, you can use it to fill up your vaporizer, and it'll be mm-hmm. chlorine-free. And that's generally the cheapest way to do it. You know, some of the other filtration systems are very expensive. Mm-hmm. Now, the shower filter is a good idea anyway for the same reason, because you actually get chlorine gas through your shower, too. I used to be an asthmatic, and when we installed a shower filter, that's when all of my symptoms essentially went away. Mm. It was actually... The shower water. Yes. People don't realize not only is it absorbed through the skin a little bit, but particularly when you're in the shower... You're breathing in this this hot mist, so you're just actually breathing it all in. Yeah. You can smell chlorine gas when you use Clorox or uh, some other bleaching agent often, but when you're actually, like, sniffing in a mist, that really takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. It's kind of like those nasal sprays, you know, that you you squeeze and you breathe in at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's like that. Yeah. I, I thought I'd also mention that with normal tap water here in the U.S., there are other impurities. Most notably, there's fluoride. And the fluoride vapor is very difficult to separate from your actual yeah. water. So fluoride well, the, the little bit that does separate, it will be is such a trace amount. You'll get much more fluoride brushing your teeth with a regular toothpaste than you'd get from that. But, but the chlorine is a serious issue. It will have serious long-term consequences. Yeah. Especially if, if you've got bronchitis and you're using a vaporizer with chlorinated water, that's probably going to be enough to push you into full-blown pneumonia for most people. Unless you're really healthy. Yeah. And let me tell you, that's a cycle I've repeated many, many times. When I was younger, Yeah. I, I just didn't know any better. You know, since we're on the topic of water, maybe we should mention we got a Berkey recently. And, by the way, this is not a plug for Berkey Corporation or anybody else. We don't operate that way. Our peers do. I'm not going to mention any names, but pretty much just about all of our peers <laughs> do fake 
BS advertising and pretend like it's their honest opinions. Should we get people who, who want to do that all the time, want to ghostwrite articles for us uh-huh. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, they uh, contact us and want to pretend like they're writing articles for us, they're on the staff, or, or even worse, want our, to, us to put our names on the articles mm-hmm. or insert little ads in, in the middle of articles. That is fake. I mean, it's just so dishonest and disgusting. Yep. The, um, the ratio we turn away is like 15 to 1, isn't it? I think it's probably worse than that. Or better, depending on your better. perspective. Yeah. We turn away just about everybody. I just want to make that clear. We don't operate that way. But we've got a Berkey. We've gone sort of like uh, the full gambit with the water. Usually when we research something and come up with an opinion, we're there. When we know we're right in most cases. Never changes. Never changes. We've changed a little bit in the case of water, though. When we first started out, we recommended distilled water for people. We've got a lot of requests for water information, haven't we? Yes. I mean, really. We first recommended distilled water because it should be the purest, most clean water you can get. Later on, we found out that, well, it's not always perfectly clean, particularly from certain retailers like Food Lion. <laughs> it's not always pure. In addition to that, we found that well, minerals actually help, you know, in the water. Yeah. You know, not just in your food. And we don't get enough in our food anyway. And, of course, without the minerals in it, it doesn't have pH buffers in the distilled water, meaning it's more likely to shift you into an acidic range, especially if you're not eating right. And on top of that, the water itself will become acidic over time because of the combination of it and, I think, carbon dioxide forms carbonic acid within the water itself, which, again, is in large part because it doesn't have any minerals in it, like it's supposed to, because it's not natural water. Water is supposed to have minerals in it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so then we switched over to spring water. But the spring water, in most cases, isn't really spring water because, heck. Started out spring water. Yeah, it's, it's, spring water is not good enough, of course. So what they have to do is either they add minerals to it or they purify it or both. A lot of times it's both. Mm-hmm. They, they can't just leave it alone. It's like if they're claiming it's spring water, it ought to be spring water, but of course it's it's sort of spring water. Yeah, they start off with spring water and then they put it through reverse osmosis or mm-hmm. some other demineralization. You get those minerals out, Sarah. A lot of times that they then end up adding a little bit of minerals here yeah. and there. Yeah. And you have to get all the dangerous things. minerals out, don't you? Yeah. So yeah. finally we got ourselves a Berkey and we have loved it. And this is an actual recommendation, but we're not getting paid for this. We have no relationship with Berkey. We tried to establish a relationship at one time to like be a distributor, and they are such a pain in the rear to work with. You just would not believe it. We just said, okay, we're not dealing with Berkey. No. But eventually we did buy our own. Yes. And the water is so mineral. It's so rich and minerally. At first, I was so unused to it, I didn't like, like it that much. It just had a weird taste. It kind of grows on you. I drink but, more water now, more yeah, than I ever yeah. have. The thing is, is like over a period of a week or two, Every time you drink it, it like tastes better. It's like your body is learning. This is good stuff. It's helping. Yeah. It's like it's like an an inverse immune reaction. Your body is learning. This is <laughs> this is the good stuff. And yeah. Anyway, let's move on. This has got to be boring by now for people. All right. We get a lot of requests from everybody for what supplements they should take and what supplements we take. We generally avoid it. Perhaps we'll tell them, you know, you should take C and stuff like that, but we'll never actually make a brand recommendation. We're very careful about companies. Yeah. It's like even if we had a company that we trusted now, they could be different. The ingredients could be different yeah. on a product six months later. It could so, be in a week later. It ex- could be different. Yeah, and we 
don't have the time or resources to keep up with it and make sure that they're pure and everything mm-hmm. else. And and that's our name on the line. Yeah. Frankly, it, it really is. And at the same time, we also feel like we'd be kind of what's the word? Responsible. Yeah, and we'd be we wouldn't want to be journalists at that point when you start mentioning specific brands and stuff like that. Well, even Sarah, even if we were honest, completely honest, mm-hmm. we, we weren't like being paid to prostitute ourselves like certain other health Sorry. people out there. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't matter because nobody would believe us anyway. I mean, yeah. once we start plugging this and this and this, no matter how honest and sincere we are, people are going to start doubting us. Yeah. So to maintain any credibility, we just can't go there. Yeah. What I started on was the fact that people should take chlorophyll. Again, I'm not going to mention a brand name. Chlorophyll is the extract of uh, the pigment from plants, you know, the green pigment. So it stains, be warned. Mm-hmm. It was used way back inside of toothpaste. I think Colgate, in fact, used, yeah. used it inside we of We have Colgate. an old advertisement from them. Yeah. Selling their chlorophyll toothpaste. They used it because it was a breath freshener, because it actually kills the bacteria inside the mouth. Mm-hmm. So it does that, and it also can stimulate gum repair inside people, you know, who've had some sort of gum disease, even to the extent that it wouldn't normally repair by itself, like gingivitis, severe cases. And there's like, like nothing else that does that. I mean... Good luck getting one from your doctor or something that can actually do that, or your dentist. Yeah, exactly. Chlorophyll's wonderful. It also has an effect on radiation. Yes, it does. And I remember we had a friend of ours, and I'll just go ahead and mention who it is. It's uh, Shaheem over at D-Program. wanted us to uh, go along with his program of stirring up fear about radiation from Japan. I don't know if you, any of you people remember that, but there was quite a hoopla from certain people about the radiation in Japan for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was rather disgusting because we knew the truth. And in most cases, we knew that they knew the truth too. But they were lying about the radiation situation, how dangerous it was to us over here in North America because it sold products. And these other organizations, heck, I think even Alex Jones was doing it, wasn't he? Oh, uh, I imagine. I wasn't, wasn't he pushing the fear, like, we're all going to die now from Japanese radiation? We tried to reason with some of these people, particularly the deprogrammed dude, Jane. They got all upset at us for rocking the boat. Mm-hmm. And, and people, this is what we deal with. You know, if you're skeptical, you don't know anything yet. <laughs> I mean, you don't know how ugly it gets, how dishonest it is, and how much our own community should be carefully monitored for people who really aren't in our best interest. Yeah. We had actually uncovered the research from the Atomic Weapons Program in the U.S. military as evidence. And the evidence stated that chlorophyll from various vegetable sources would neutralize radiation. I don't know how I got on the deprogrammed Shaheen thing, but it's like I remember during that period, I was trying to say, look, look, here's the info. If you don't believe what I'm saying, maybe you'll believe the U.S. military Atomic Weapons Program. Maybe you'll believe that they know something about radiation. And these people just wouldn't believe it. We've got it somewhere in our archives, somewhere mm-hmm. on our site. I don't know if a search would show it up or not, but the U.S. Army found that chlorophyll was a very good defense against radiation. It was better than potassium iodide because potassium iodide only protects the thyroid and the uterus. Ovaries. Ovaries, sorry. Mm-hmm. And it only does it partially. Yeah. Whereas chlorophyll pretty much protects completely this, all the cells against it. and What's better, it's one of the few substances on Earth which will pull benzene out of the body. 
And I realize most of you don't realize this, but if you're exposed to radiation, proteins will produce benzene, but benzene compounds. These are some of the most poisonous, deadly chemical compounds on Earth. And it's why it's one of the reasons why radiation is so dangerous. Because not only does the radiation destroy and shred your own cells, but in addition to that, radiation produces benzene inside your body. And the benzene will poison you as it's moving around. Yeah. It also it's known for binding to different chemicals, chemicals that are known to be dangerous and especially carcinogenic, mm-hmm. which means that they cause cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, not just benzene. Yeah, not just benzene. There was uh, aflatoxin B1, which was known for causing liver cancer. It's also what was inside peanut a, butter a recent, recently. Yeah, peanut butter yeah. outbreak that they uh-huh. had. These people are probably in the hospital in intensive care, some of these people, for who knows how long. If they'd been taking chlorophyll. If they'd have taken a spoonful of chlorophyll, yeah. they would have been almost immediately better. That along with, it actually moves dioxins, benzopyrene, which causes lung cancer. I mean, dioxins, that should be emphasized. That, that's a big one, Sarah. It is a big one. Uh, now, now, what you do to take this, I'm, taking it daily is fine. I mean, it's just like a, just like a supplement. Yeah. Um, well, it, can I bust in real quick here? I'll let you. All right. Most of the women out there who are using maxi pads, aren't they exposure at a, or was that tampons? I can't remember. Well, they all, I mean, contain dioxins from the chlor, the chlorination process, uh-huh. actually. Because releases. chlorine is so good for you. Yeah, you, you can know. never get enough chlorine, can you? No, in the vaporizers and in the feminine hygiene products. Yeah. Most women have dioxin from their feminine hygiene products. Yeah. They don't even know it. Which is said to be related to the high rates of endometriosis. Oh, yeah. And that's a big, ugly one. Yeah. Anyway, what I was going to say is you can get this um, chlorophyll, and you can get it in a concentrated form. We recommend that because, honestly, it seems kind of crazy to have to drink a whole glass of this mint-flavored yeah. junk. Yeah, the, the big ones, the big containers, they, they put all kinds of junk in it. Exactly. If you get the little tiny, like, They're, they're like one bottle, ounce or two ounce. It's, it's super concentrated. It's nothing but pure chlorophyll. Yeah, that they extract from, like, stinging nettle leaves, and that's, and that's all it is. It's just chlorophyll. Comes in this with this dropper cap, and you can just like put it straight in your mouth, and then yeah. it helps with your teeth too while outside it. Yeah, <laughs> you can actually put the drops in like orange juice, and you don't taste a thing. I think it's awesome having like a green tongue. You put it in your mouth, you look like the Hulk, <laughs> you know, and you <laughs> yeah. And if you do that, around. you actually feel like an immediate energy mm-hmm. boost. Yeah, it actually afterwards. is a, it's a benefit because it helps kill the bad bacteria, the yeast and stuff in your mouth, mm-hmm. while benefiting the good bacteria in your mouth. And on top of that. It absorbs straight through the cheeks, which is one of the fastest routes into the blood. Yeah, you know, I think we forgot to mention like, the most important thing, which is that it oxygenates the body. Oh, yeah. It's great for a cancer patient. Exactly. It is great yeah. for a cancer patient. And the patient. oxygenation is why you get the energy boost. Well, pretty much anybody, any, if you've got any debilitating condition, a boost of oxygen will help you. Yeah. It also naturally contains copper. We don't recommend going out and getting copper supplements or colloidal copper sprays. Or anything like that. Let's face it, copper's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And we know copper. We've got the copper lotion we sell and all. We, we know this topic well. Yeah, you don't take copper internally except, you know, as part of your natural foods, like, you know, in trace mineral form, in other words. You should never supplement with it or anything like that. Because while you do need an extremely trace amount of copper, mm-hmm. Getting too much can very quickly become dangerous and even fatal. And it's easy to overdose with it. It's very easy. And that's why we say it's dangerous. Yes. It's too easy to go over the mark. Copper, as I said, is needed. So get it through chlorophyll if you need yeah. it. Natural sources. Yeah. Copper is especially useful for people with heart problems. 
You see, what happens is, you know, when the arteries clog up, your body can, if it has the right minerals, create create another one to kind of go around the blockage. An all-natural bypass. Exactly. But to do that, it needs enough copper, and the copper is crucial in that. And in addition, chlorophyll contains magnesium, which is great for Well, of course, if you have the right nutrients, like the right amount of copper and other nutrients, you're less likely to get the clogged arteries in the first place. Yeah, and it contains magnesium, which will give you a hand with your heart, too. Mm -hmm. We wrote extensively on this topic. If you guys want to look it up, the article is called The Big One, and it's appropriately named, because heart disease is not a topic for the meek. It almost killed us, that article, I think. Is by far the largest on our Didn't side. Didn't we spend like three weeks on that one article? Yes. Three uh, weeks, both mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. And there was no sleep. But, but it's a good article. Yes, I, it was worth it. Everybody should read it, frankly, because it tells you how to maintain your health, not just what to do after you've had a heart attack. Yeah, exactly. Heart disease is such a major thing today mm. throughout the Western world. I mean, you think from looking around at the, the pink ribbons that breast cancer was killing women right, left and right. But heart disease is the number one killer of men and of women. And of women. I yeah. mean, seriously. Which means not about the numbers or the facts. It's about the marketing. Well, that's the thing. Breast cancer doesn't kill you. That's why it's so popular. It's so profitable. You can keep this you patient can just keep the for so long. Forever, can't you? Exactly. You can keep treating them for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, the actual treatments kill them. Exactly. I was going to say, if you die of breast cancer, you're, you're definitely dying of the, the, of the uh, treatments. treatments. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. And if you breastfeed, you don't have to worry about it in the first place, do you? No. No. It, no. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. It's funny they don't mention that, isn't it? Well, unless you get mammograms, in which case, you know. Yeah, mammograms might do it, but, I mean, really. Yeah, you, you it was don't once get called cancer. Nun's disease for that. Yeah, it was once called Nun's disease. That is correct, Sarah. We're mentioning teeth with the cold chlorophyll thing. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to that. When a dentist pulls out a tooth, it's been shown to actually impair the memory. Now, mm-hmm. that may sound completely crazy. It, it did, does. It, it did to me. Um, but <laughs> it's actually been proven over and over again. In studies, they've had little rats, and when you pull out a tooth, they don't do as well remembering where they go in the maze and stuff like that. It's crazy. It's always repeatable, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Now, there's lots of different theories on how it damages the nerves and how it affects the brain. They don't really know. All they know is that it does. But it doesn't happen when the tooth falls out naturally. The tooth actually comes out, there's no loss in memory. But if a dentist, you know, gets a pair of pliers and yanks on it like they do so willingly, you lose some of your memory. That actually includes wisdom teeth. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're actually appropriately named, Sarah, the wisdom teeth. Yeah, exactly. If you can't remember anything, you won't be very yeah, wise. because the, the wisdom teeth, in particular, impair your memory. If you get those pulled, mm-hmm. your memory won't be what it ought to be. Yes. And it never will be. I mean, it doesn't matter how long you live, what you do. It's like there's something gone there that you need. I wish we could explain it to people in lots of fancy, smancy, scientific lingo, but if nobody really understands what's happening or why, there really is no fancy, smancy lingo to describe it, is there? No. All right, you want to go ahead and take a quick break? Listen and enjoy, folks. We'll be back. Please check us out and read our reports at the HealthWise Report website. You can find us on the internet at healthwise.org. Take special note that WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We spell it W-Y-Z-E to emphasize wisdom. We are a not-for-profit organization, although we are not registered as a not-for-profit, non-profit, or any other classification with any governmental agency. Nevertheless, we are a non-profit organization, so we're always needing donors to help us to continue our work, whether it be the equipment for these radio shows, 
our website and network infrastructure, various fees for our movie productions, and of course, the occasional video game to help us maintain our sanity through it all. If you are someone who cannot donate, or who does not wish to, you can also support us by visiting our online store. That can also be found at healthwise.org, and again, WISE is spelt W-Y-Z-E. We have to be careful about what claims we make about our products, including claims that can be verified, because we know of at least one governmental agency that would like to shut us down. We can tell you that in our opinion, our colloidal copper lotion has qualities that cannot be found in any other lotion sold, anywhere else. So, if you have joint or skin problems of any kind, we recommend that you check out our lotion. The HealthWise Report staff also offers hosting, networking, and technical support for anyone who wants to have their own website or assistance with internet technologies. Our technical skills place us among the best of the best. Thanks for listening to this. We'll get back to the show now. Okay, we're back. Okay, I know you wanted to go on about the mushrooms and all, but I wanted to mention something else. This one is a topic of stuff we get in the mail and so forth. This was actually a comment posted in the wrong place, of course, for a totally different story. But the comment was from this Korean woman who uh, wanted to remain anonymous and wouldn't even give us her name. And by the way, if you want to get an answer from us, if you contact us on a on a posting on the website to a story that isn't even applicable to that, and then a post it anonymously, you're not going to likely get much of an answer. It's kind of like if you went to your doctor and handed him a note from an anonymous person asking a health question, of course, the doctor would quickly take the note, ball it up into a crumpled piece of paper, and throw it in the trash. Yeah. It's like, why don't we get any respect? It's like, we're willing to help people for free. We bust our butts, and people come to us not even giving their name. Yeah. But anyway, she brought up something that I thought was very interesting. So I want, I want to talk about it here. We have this drink that's known as the green drink. It's just sort of our nickname for it. And if you want to look it up, you can look it up. It is our super drink. When we're busting our butts, working our butts off, to the point to where it becomes nearly impossible, or, or even really impossible, for us to eat healthy like we're supposed to, where we eat like one meal a day instead of three or four, it's much healthier to eat three or four small meals. Even five, five meals if they're small. It's much, much better for you than to load up on one meal a day, you know, especially at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like the worst thing you can do. And then on top of that, if you're eating bad, and frankly, recently we have been eating pretty badly because we're working on the documentary. We're like not getting enough sleep, not enough exercise, and we sure aren't eating like we're supposed to because we're driving ourselves so hard trying to get this thing finished because we've bitten off more than we ever imagined <laughs> with our documentary. But one of the things we turn to is this green drink because this is like the super drink. It's got a whole bunch of stuff in it, good vegetables and stuff. It's all blended just right, juiced just right, good combination. And if you drink this drink, you're there. I mean, you, you really, it pretty much doesn't matter what you do. You will be strong and healthy. Mm-hmm. If you drink this drink, and you only had to do it every day, if you just did it every other day, which we try to do, but we mm-hmm. sometimes don't make it, especially with this blasted documentary, it's great. You really should read up on it. You should try it, seriously. If it tastes really horrible for you, it means you're too acetic, okay? It means your diet is terrible, and your body is too acetic, and that's why it tastes so bad. It doesn't really store very well. Like, for instance, if you store it in the fridge, day number two, it's really only half as good 
for you and tastes only half as good as it would otherwise. By th the third day, you better throw it away. You don't want to drink it on the third day because the problem is the drink is so healthy that bacteria multiply in it at just an extreme accelerated rate. If you were to leave it laying out at room temperature by day three, you would have all kinds of stuff growing out of it. You would have basically trees sprouting out of it. It's that healthy. So uh, look it up. But anyway, what got this started was, this, this topic, was this lady that wrote us back and said, I can't drink your green drink because I'm allergic to carrots and apples. Our reaction was like, huh? <laughs> allergic to carrots and apples? Our initial reaction was like, whoa, whoa, that doesn't happen. There's like no such thing as an allergy to apples or carrots. And we rethought about it, and under select certain conditions, it's actually possible to happen. And I want to give those conditions to you people so you know, because this is actually important information. For one thing, without any external stimuli, without anything from the chemical industry, you cannot naturally be allergic to carrots or apples. You have to have chemical industry help, or <laughs> help, whether that's in pharmaceuticals, whether that's in pesticides. By the way, there's a real good chance pesticides were related here. In fact, some of the new pesticides that go into the fruits, you know, you think you're safe because you peel the apple or you shave the carrot off or whatever. You're not safe necessarily because there's a new generation of pesticides that they're putting onto the roots of the, of the plants. Yeah, put them on the, the soil, yeah. In the soil of the, the plant, the tree, whatever, to go into the roots instead of actually putting on the leaves. And this new generation of pesticides actually get absorbed by the plant into every cell of that plant making the entire thing toxic, including the fruit. Which means there's a new generation of non-organic foods, which are especially poisonous and cannot be cleaned by peeling and washing. Everybody needs to know that. This is one of the reasons why organic is so important. Because natural organic carrots and apples do not make you sick. But there's actually another case here, another possibility. And before I go into that, I need to sort of sidetrack just, just a little bit into the area of vaccines. I'm going to let Sarah take over for just a minute. Uh, tell them about the vaccines and adjuvicants, how that works. Yeah. Well, when you take a vaccine, what they have to do, or what they believe they have to do, is generate what they refer to as an immune response, mm -hmm. which is getting your body to react as if it's been poisoned, which it has. Yeah, they want an extreme immune response for the vaccine, right? Yes. Now, the reason is so that your body will react to whatever they inject it into you, let's say chicken pox. Yeah, they want the body to react almost violently against it. That way, next time... You'll have the antibodies. You'll have the it. antibodies. Yeah, and that, that's the reasoning behind it. But these so, adjudicants... Yeah, you know, so every vaccine literally has a poison, intentionally. Yes. The poison is casually called an adjuvicant, mm -hmm. which is a nice, pretty scientific name for a poison, something that's designed to trigger an excessive immune reaction. So that next time when you encounter whatever else is in the vaccine, your body will go berserk. Yep. And hopefully knock it out, kill it, before it has a chance to spread and reproduce within the body. Mm -hmm. Okay, So when vaccines actually do work, that's how they do it. It's through, well, it's, it's a pretty violent way to do, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of violent and sick, but it does in some cases work. And that's how. Well, 
To be allergic to a food item, we mentioned, you know, apples and carrots like this lady did, or was becoming more common, peanuts, or bananas, kiwi. tomatoes, orange juice for, uh, what is it, latex? And kiwi. And yeah. kiwi. We have all these bizarre food reactions now people are having, and it doesn't make sense. These food reactions never before happened in history, and suddenly they're exploding all over the place. And we're having people allergic to, to stuff like carrots. I mean, this is insane. And what it is is these ingredients are often in the vaccines. Like, for instance, the, the, peanut, the peanut allergies that all these kids are having, it's because some of these vaccine manufacturers are adding peanut oil, just like what you cook with, peanut oil, into the vaccines. You can look it up. Same with eggs. Yep. You can find eggs in some of the vaccines. And what happens is you inject eggs, peanut oil, whatever else, into the person's bloodstream with that adjuvant. Well, what have you done? You've triggered an excessive hyperimmune response to that ingredient. And then they'll be allergic to it for the rest of their lives. Whether it be peanuts or eggs or what else do we have? We'll have kiwi. The kiwi and banana. Tomatoes. Yeah, and because of the latex thing. They Some contain of, natural latex. And it, and it all makes sense. Like, for instance, I'm sure everybody listening knows that, well, if they know any healthcare people, they know that the rates of latex allergies are exploding, that for some reason, all these nurses and doctors, these huge numbers of nurses and doctors, suddenly are allergic to their latex gloves. They can't wear them anymore. So now there's a big booming industry for nylon gloves. And the reason why there's this big new industry for nylon gloves all of a sudden is because all the healthcare workers are having trouble wearing latex gloves. Very few of them have made the connection. Well, there's latex in the vaccines. So they've been, well, they're, they've been immunized for latex gloves now. And latex gloves trigger an immune response. So they break out in rashes, have all kinds of itches, cracking skin, you name it, all kinds of suffering. Why? Because they had a vaccine. With this lady, it's possible that this could have been a vaccine thing, but I doubt it. Because I'm not aware of carrots or apples in any way being in vaccines. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me, this lady who is allergic to carrots and apples has at one time consumed carrots and apples while at the same time being poisoned by something else. You see, when you're poisoned by something, you're training the body. The body learns quickly that whatever has been consumed is dangerous. So if she were poisoned and she ate apples, or she were poisoned and ate carrots, whether they were poisoned or not, or just the fact that the carrots and apples were in her stomach at the time she were poisoned, she may have developed an allergy. There's really nothing we can do about that. Basically, all we can do is tell her, if she happens to be listening, that she should go buy some organic carrots and some organic apples and just try a tiny bit and increase, and increase trying it until she has a reaction or until it's obvious she's not going to have a reaction to organic fruits yeah. and vegetables. You can desensitize, what he's talking about is desensitizing yourself over well, time well, with actually, a small amount. Actually, no, that's not what I was saying, sir, but that is a good point. You may be able to with enough work. You're right. What I was really implying here was a test to see whether her conventionally grown apples and carrots are just simply pesticide-laden. It's the only way to know. Mm -hmm. But you're right. You're right that if, if that does cause a reaction, she'll need to eat them in very small doses over a lengthy period of time to try to desensitize her body. And of course not push it, because if you're allergic to it, you have a hyperimmune response to it, and you push your luck you can cause a serious reaction 
that will require you to go to the hospital because at that point you have a medical emergency that is life-threatening and it's basically, well, it's too late for our kind of medicine. You need emergency medicine and frankly, they do that the best. I don't like our adversaries. They do regular medicine horribly. (laughs) It's incredible just how bad, quote, conventional medicine. And it's not conventional. It's new age medicine because if you look back through history, there's nothing traditional or conventional about what they do. What we do is traditional medicine. But they, they do general practice very, very horribly. But if it's an emergency, yeah, they're, you know, you get to the hospital because they do do that well in most cases. Though I have known them to kill a person there or two in the emergency room as well. Anyway, I just wanted to cover the apples and carrots thing because people need to know this sort of thing, and very few people do. Yep. Okay, um, I, guess- I know that we're skipping around a lot on this show, but the reason is because we haven't done a show in so long. We're kind of cashing up on a lot of the repeat questions and important mm-hmm. questions that you've been asking, and obviously there'll be people out there who haven't yeah. asked but are curious. So. Yeah, we're trying to get to some of the, the questions that we get over and over again so people will know. And the questions that come in to us, it comes in sort of like a shotgun. You never know where things are going to fly when yeah. Yeah. from our readers. Well, one question that we have had lots of times is about mushrooms. Oh, boy. We've talked about them repeatedly. Yeah, um, dozens of times we've mentioned mushrooms. I don't think we've ever mentioned them in a positive light. No, we've never like encouraged the consumption of mushrooms. No. We've specifically wrote against it many times. We have consumed them ourselves from time to time, especially on a pizza. You just can't have a pizza without some mushrooms on it, Sarah. It's just not right, is it? Um. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the biggest thing that we get is, can mushroom X cure cancer? Don't all the mushrooms cure cancer? It's getting like that. Now, we've had people, I remember we, we've had probably six or seven different companies that wanted to advertise with us. They're special with their, mushrooms. With their magic Asian. Oh, yeah, they, they do it all, too. Asian mushroom from, from oh, yeah. some remote oh, yeah. island. They're extra good if they're from Asia. You you know, right? Because Oriental people eat them, and that makes them, makes them good. Yes, instantly healthy. Healthy, yeah. Yeah. Um... No, mushrooms will not cure your cancer. Uh, I'll put that out in no Let's just just spell it out. No mushroom anywhere, ever, will cure any cancer. Just because of the very nature of what cancer is and what a mushroom is. Mm -hmm. Well, they both have fungal properties. Yes. They both do. Cancer would be... Well, it's like a fermentation yeast. yeast. It's a yeast thing where it feeds off of blood sugars. And so what do you do? You take a mushroom and you're feeding yourself yeast ingredients, the same nutrients that are in yeast. Yeah. Which yeast will therefore feed off of. I know I've heard it thousands of times about how mushrooms have greater mineral content. But firstly, minerals you can obtain from elsewhere. You don't need to eat funguses. You don't don't eat fungus for your minerals, no. Um, And secondly, there are reasons for the minerals. Mushrooms are something like a clean-up plant in the world. They're known as the vampire of the plant world, aren't they? Exactly. They're kind of like seaweed. They suck up all the junk, I think. The the bottom feeders and the rot and the mold. Exactly. Think of it like the liver of an animal. That's where all the junk is stored because that's essentially its purpose. Yeah, it's it's to to clean clean. up. Exactly. The liver cleans the blood. But that does not mean that we'd ever recommend that you'd eat the liver to get those minerals and junk mixed in. Yeah, you know? although a lot of people out there recommend that, Sarah, sadly enough. Liver. They, they do, but we do not. It is incredible. Yeah. One thing people should know is mushrooms, the very best mushrooms you can find, 
what you would call the, the ideal of mushrooms. If you can find those that are grown in soil with all the right nutrients, those mushrooms, those really high caliber mushrooms, will contain an enormous amount of selenium. Now why is that? Because selenium neutralizes various toxic heavy metals. And guess what mushrooms contain? Heavy metals. Yeah. Heavy metals. Mushrooms and ferns are plants which are designed to clean the soil of heavy metals. So like if you grow a bunch of ferns somewhere, you won't be able to grow mushrooms there. Because the toxic stuff in the soil will be gone. And the mushrooms just can't survive without them. Yep. It's incredible that we're getting a request for information about mushrooms for health benefits. It's deeply disturbing because I know that some people will probably have cancer, turn to alternative medicine and see some recommendation to eat some Asian mushroom. And by the way, most regular mushrooms now come from China. There's nothing great about the Asian mushroom. that They mostly come straight from China. Well, considering the food products and toys mm -hmm. coming from China, we should probably be concerned about the safety of anything exactly. coming from China. And particularly mushrooms, since you know Chinese quality control isn't exactly all that oh, uh, no. overwhelming. They, they don't care. And with mushrooms, we've all heard, you know, that you get the wrong sort of mushroom in something, it can be actually fatal. Yeah, so. that's why you need experts that can, can look at the mushrooms and know for a fact that they're all the same, that you haven't had spores from some poison variety mixed in with them. Yeah. And, and that can happen. I don't know if you know this or not, but mushroom death is particularly bad. When you die from a mushroom poisoning, it's like cyanide. I mean, your body just like contorts and goes into seizures, and it's basically like being stabbed in the, the gut, the agony the person goes through. Yeah. A lot of the people who have been poisoned by mushrooms end up begging to die before they actually do. Anyway. Um... Yeah. If you're going to take mushrooms for the health benefits... I would personally recommend instead you switch to Coca-Cola. Just if you have cancer and you're treating it with mushrooms, you would be safer probably and have better benefits switching to Coke to treat your cancer. It really is that stupid. Oh, it's more akin to treating it with beer, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you've got the sugar and the yeast. Exactly. And, and the yeast minerals, not, not minerals, but the yeast nutrients. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's, it's all mixed in. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. You get some alcohol mixed in with the... Uh, the beer, too, which also breaks down into sugars in the blood, which will, I don't know, I, th I think maybe the mushrooms are uh, <laughs> a better right. way to go. But anyway. Yeah, we're we're getting a long, little long-winded on the mushroom topic, aren't we? Yeah, we did receive a message recently. I don't know if you remember this one or not, Thomas. But we got a message with somebody that went something like this. I've been taking Lugol's iodine drops, three oh, drops oh, a day. Oh, yeah, I, kn I know the one. Three drops one. a day for about two years now. Lugol's iodine, orally, like drinking it. Yes. Uh-huh. My kidneys are having problems, and I'm having kidney pains. I'm also... Go figure. I went and got, I went and got a test, and I've got hypothyroidism now. Wow. I'm not sure who to believe, you or these forums that I came across on the Internet. Well, she's listening to them, drinking the iodine. And that's how the message went. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure either. If, if I listened to the, the other, quote, experts at the forum, and they told me to drink iodine and then I had kidney failure, I'm not sure who I'd believe either. Are, are you? Um, to me, it's like, I don't know what these people expect us to say when, they, when they, they, they confront us with something that we've told them not to do. They're having a health crisis, and they don't know who to believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, somebody told me that, I could slice myself up with a razor blade and I wouldn't bleed at all. 
And so I did it, and now I'm bleeding all over the place, and I, I just don't know who to believe, Sarah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, if I were in their position, if I were drinking the iodine and, and taking these supplement cocktails, and people, you can overdo it. You can actually injure your kidneys and other organs if you go crazy with the supplements. It's like with the food. It's, it's a certain amount of moderation, and common sense is really necessary. But this woman, she's taking the supplement cocktail. Yeah. You know, it's like a grocery list of supplements while drinking iodine at the same time. And then she contacts us saying, who do you think I should believe? I listened to these other people, ignored you, and now I'm having kidney failure. Who should I believe? To me, it's like, what does she expect us to respond with? Um, um, well, my response, of course, is the usual one. You made your bed, now you should lay in it. You know? I mean, what what's the difference between her and one of these idiots that goes and gets chemo for 10 years, and their body is, is falling apart, and they come to us and call us a bunch of quacks, and then just mention, well, I'm dying, by the way, from my chemo. Yeah. Um, how does that make us quacks? Come on, how? Where, where is the logic? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so, so tired of the iodine topic. <clears throat> My gosh, they're, they're circling us like the MMS people, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, you just can't get away from them. Well, I think they generally are the same group of people, you, you know, they, they probably are. Yes. You know, if you notice, the other health sites, our, our com- competing peers out there, mm-hmm. they generally stay away from the iodine topic, don't they? They're like afraid. Yes. Because they know there's this, this roving band of, of freaks <laughs> who, who think you should drink iodine, you know, as a, as a health drink. Even though you can go out there and look on any bottle of iodine you can find out there, and it tells you, do not drink this, not for internal use. If consumed, call a poison control center immediately. And it's like on every bottle you see. The only bottles that aren't labeled like that are from these companies that are selling Lugols and telling people to drink it. That's their bread and butter. They're making a profit on hurting people, essentially. Yeah. Let me just clear up the air about iodine here, okay. okay, real quick, and then we can move on, okay? You do need iodine, okay? Don't get me wrong, people. But iodine needs to be in the foods naturally occurring. The iodine that you can buy is made in the chemical laboratory. It doesn't react to the body like naturally occurring organic iodine does. It's not safe to drink if it comes from the chemical factory. Now, some of you are listening, probably saying to yourselves, Wait a minute, he doesn't know what he's talking about because I've seen iodine on the bread. You know, it's iodine and iodine salt, you know. Iodized salt. Okay. Well, you're wrong. That's not iodine in the bread, and it's not iodine in the salt. It's iodide. Iodide is completely different, and it's much, much safer to consume. Although, we wouldn't recommend that either, unless there's some kind of like nuclear emergency in which you actually need a potassium iodide to protect your thyroid. Yeah. Just word of the wise. And if you get sea salt, you'll get some natural iodine in that, too. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and let me just throw also in. Um, we keep getting asked about, well, how can I supplement with iodine? Because we have so many people with hypothyroidism. There's two important things to remember there. If you have hypothyroidism, you've been doing a lot of things wrong for a long, long time. And you need to fix those things. You can't just take iodide or iodine and fix it. If you do, you're going to be in worse shape than you started with, if that's your approach. For another thing, 
If you do need to take something like that orally, the way to do that would be through red marine algae. Other sea plants are not safe. If you go for kelp, seaweed, bladderwack, these are bottom feeders just like mushrooms are. And their goal is to clean up the seabeds. They're full of toxic materials, chemicals, dioxins, heavy metals, everything you can think of. But red marine algae is more or less clean. Land. If you have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, then we recommend instead just sticking to the externally used topical iodine application. Yeah, we wrote an article about that, about putting it on the skin. Yes. If you're one of these people who have read book from whatever quack about iodine drinking, and you know it's true because the iodine drinking cell site tells you that the book is true, we don't want to hear from you. Please, just go away. Really, we're done. Um, anyway. We've written like three or four articles. Yeah, on we, we are done. We're so done. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. We received or heard from an advertiser recently who, or somebody who wanted to be an advertiser, who wanted us to promote this um, herbal coffee. Now, I don't know much about the coffee itself, <laughs> except for the fact that they were promoting it for the reason that it's caffeine-free. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is that caffeine is not inherently a bad thing. Any oh, more no. than it, coffee it has, is not a uses. bad thing. Heck, the Gershon Anti-Cancer Protocol uses coffee. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it, what makes coffee bad is either the homogenized milk, the, quote, creamer that, that's artificial that goes in it, and the bleached white chemical industry sugar. If you have real whole cream milk, good milk that's not homogenized, and some kind of a sweetener, if, assuming you need one, like pure cane juice or something else. That evaporated cane juice. Evaporated cane juice. I always get that one wrong. The coffee won't hurt you if it's in moderation. It will actually help you. Throw it in your regimen of green tea. Mix it in mm-hmm. once in a while. Coffee actually has its own benefits. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to recommend people run away from coffee, mm-hmm. and we're most certainly not going to tell you to use decaf. Please do not use decaf. Caffeine isn't that bad itself. No, but what is bad is the decaf. I know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, run with that one, Sarah. You did some research. Well, there's, there's a long history with decaf on poisoning the drinkers. You see, caffeine isn't all that easy to cheaply remove from coffee. Mm-hmm. So they started off using benzene and chloroform. Benzene? Yes. That one just keeps coming up, doesn't it, Sarah? Yeah, and then they found out, hey... These cause cancer. No. So they switched to dechloromethane. Uh-huh. And then they found out that that caused cancer, too. No. Is there a pattern forming here? Nowadays, they use methylene chloride and ethyl acetate. Ethyl acetate? Well, Sarah, isn't that nail polish remover? You see the pattern, people. Nail polish remover? The chemical industry has not yet seen this pattern. You know, there's no better way to start your day off than a good keeping cup of nail polish remover, Sarah. Yeah, and like... Like I'm talking about, more than ninety percent of co- of decafs out there are made using this very method: this methylene mm-hmm. chloride and ethyl acetate. Yeah. If it doesn't specify otherwise, you can count on it. There's a method yeah. called the Swiss water method that's safe. Uses essentially steam and green coffee beans to be able to extract it, but it's not as cheap and it's not as fast. So very uncommon, isn't it? Yes, and if they use that type, they will clearly state that we use this type because mm-hmm. they're spending extra money to use that type. Yeah, they'll brag about it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. almost like having an organic stamp on it, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they I think they, they, they usually do have organic stamp on it. It's it's usually, <laughs> they put that much money and care. Exactly. It's going to be organic too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, like we're saying, uh, you can either well, if you're gonna, if you're a coffee drinker, you can either drink the regular stuff, 
or you can have nail polish remover to start your day. And I don't know about you, Sarah, but I've got a pretty good guess on how they're going to feel during the day, depending on what they choose. Yeah. I think a lot of people think, well, I'm not getting the caffeine, and that's why I'm more tired and droggy. Well, it could be because you're poisoned, too. Exactly. You know, that, that can always, you know, have that effect. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Heck, you probably end up with people allergic to coffee over time. Probably, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have a violent reaction to it? Mm-hmm. You know, Brooksism is something that I've been meaning to write about for... Oh, way too long. Yeah, it's about time for me to crack the whip, too. <laughs> but yeah. we've been working on prescription for manslaughter, and so I have a quarter-written article that I don't know when I'm going to get back to. Mm-hmm. But bruxism, which is more commonly known as teeth grinding... Yeah, and it's something that hit really close to home here. Yeah, is a very serious issue, obviously, because, well, you can't get a good replacement set of teeth. In our case, we had it um, affect our son... It was quite severe, and there wasn't much we could do about it because he would do it in his sleep. He would grind his teeth unconsciously in his sleep, and we really couldn't find any mouth guard that would do any good that was his size at like seven years old. It kind of snuck up on us because by the time we actually realized what was going on and saw that there was damage, the damage was really severe. I mean, his teeth were like destroyed. Thank goodness those were his baby teeth. He was about to lose anyway. Mm-hmm. We were so lucky in that. But it can happen pretty much to anyone at any age, and it's something you have to catch fast. Because a good night, a good night's sleep of eight hours is enough to really grind your teeth. I mean, to just. Yeah. You can almost destroy them in a night. Well, if apparently, you're hard. a lot of people, you can actually hear them. You know, you can actually hear that teeth grinding. Scraping. It's usually noticed by, you know, the partner. Yeah, um, the, the husband or wife. Yeah, exactly. So The, the scraping. Yeah. But in some cases, like mm-hmm. in this case, you know, obviously yeah. we couldn't. Well, so. we, were, we were lucky in a couple of regards. We were lucky that it was his baby teeth. And for what came after that, we were lucky to have figured out how to cure it. Yeah. And it's actually fairly straightforward, isn't it? Yeah, bruxism, or teeth grinding, is actually caused by a nutritional deficiency. I know this sounds crazy, mm-hmm. but honest to goodness, people, this is a nutritional problem. If you don't get the right nutrition, you will turn into a teeth grinder. We had a son who was able to circumvent vegetables so well. And, and I know a lot of the parents out there have the same problem. When we have like a big meal of veggies, it's like war at the dinner table. It's all out war of who's going to, if he's going to eat the vegetables or not. And we've come up since then with a lot of workarounds. One of our workarounds was the green drink that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, he'll drink that. Yeah. Again, you can look that up on our site. If you look up the phrase, the green drink, in our search, I'm sure it'll pull up. Mm-hmm. If not, let us know. Now, Brooksism happens a lot, actually, among vegetarian people. Yeah. Which is kind of ironic in a way, but vitamin B5, which on the actual label it usually says pantothenic acid. Again, it's pantothenic acid, said a little slower is found inside of meats only, like eggs, beef, chicken, fish even. Wait a minute, sir. Don't they get it from soy? <laughs> I mean, soy, soy provides all they need, right? Not exactly. As far as B vitamins go, the vegetarian diet is absolutely terrible. Who would have thought? Yeah, we strongly yeah. recommend against it. Okay. Um, I bet a lot of people are going to tune us out right now. Yes. But I bet we have like, like 50 people who just will... <laughs> like, damn them! Yes. You know? 
But we, we, we don't we don't practice political correctness, people. We call it like it is. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So B five. The next one is magnesium. Magnesium is found in green leafy vegetables and in chlorophyll, obviously. Magnesium also needs to be if you're going to take it in a supplement form, which you can get, you know, just magnesium yeah. pills, which I take on a daily basis. You also need to get calcium with it. You see, the two work together in tandem. Often you'll get magnesium supplement will contain calcium too. But it also works. There's like this trio. Yeah, with vitamin D too. With vitamin D, exactly. Mm -hmm. So for any of the three to work, you need a combination of magnesium, calcium, and vitamin D. Yes. One without the other two is like useless. Mm -hmm. In fact, we had a, a woman contact us recently. Sarah, just, oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me just let you move on. Uh, I'll get back to that because okay, I distract sure. you too much. All right. Um, but, you, but you've mentioned B5, right? Yep. And you've mentioned magnesium, calcium, vitamin D. Yes. Um, then there's potassium. Potassium, I think everybody's heard, it can be found in bananas or bananas for the Brits. Mostly be found in orange juice and She's tomatoes. So sometimes. It's easy to, in other words, it's very easy to get get a hold of. So potassium, you know, just get some orange juice each day, something some like that. Some orange juice. Yes. And then there's, which we've, we've probably told you lots of times about, is vitamin C, which yeah. is so critical. You can. It's like needed for everything. It's so important. Yes. That's why vitamin C appears in like. Half of the fruits and like a quarter of the other foods out there. In addition, it's like everywhere. It was like somebody planned this out mm-hmm. so that we're going to get enough vitamin C. But that was prior to the microwave and the processed meal. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read this out in case somebody's there with a pen and paper. Once again, Taking this notes. is uh-huh. yeah. This is vitamin B5, otherwise known as pantothenic acid, magnesium, calcium, and vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Potassium and vitamin C. Now that will put an end to bruxism. You'll be probably most of the way there if you just get a green drink. <laughs> you will be there. Yeah. I mean, you, you and with the exception of like maybe the vitamin B5, which you need to get some from some meat. Some protein. Yeah. Yeah, and you need meat. And this is so politically incorrect here, but again, um, we're going to march ahead unfazed. <laughs> yeah. You need beef. Period. Or, as you Brits would say, full stop. Thank you for but that. You're welcome, Sarah. But you do. You need beef. Beef is a requirement, especially with women and children who need a source of iron. It's particularly important. Well, at least women of, you should say, childbearing age. You yeah. Know, it's very, very important to get that iron and other nutrients, many of which only occur in beef. Yeah. That is so politically incorrect nowadays to encourage beef. But you can't find good beef in in most retailers. You mm-hmm. really do have to get like organic range feed fed beef or it's junk. Yeah. I mean it's worse than junk. It'll make you sick over time. If it doesn't make you sick immediately. Yeah. It's so hard to find the good Instead of stuff. helping you prevent disease, yeah. it will actually give it to you. I mean if you're if you're really deficient I mean, you can get by, I, I, I guess, I'm sorry, this is like sacrilege. You could get by with something like Arby's, if you had to. Mm-hmm. If you're, like, for instance, if you're a woman and you're going through your, say, monthly cycle and you're in agony, 
Some women do get in agony, like they're being stabbed in the stomach repeatedly or abdomen. Often you can knock that out with a little iron. And the supplements are useless. You see, the, the, supplements, the supplements are useless and they're also dangerous. You can actually poison yourself to death with an iron supplement with, without even taking that much over. Yeah, you can't do that with a steak. No matter how much you eat, you can't you're, like... You're not going to kill yourself with it. Mm-hmm. It's like what we were talking about before. The iron is non-organic iron. It's actually like inorganic structural steel iron. Well, yeah, I mean, I've actually read about the production process. We talk about it jokingly, but you... It's not a joke. It, it's not. You're actually putting an iron rod inside of sulfuric acid. Yeah, if you can imagine. Yeah. They're actually putting a big steel bar in a container... Mm-hmm. of pure sulfuric acid. There, there's a reason it. they call it ferrosulfate. It's the, the sulfate from your sulfuric acid. Exactly. You're <laughs> supplementing with sulfuric acid because there's no way you can get enough of that in your diet. <laughs> sulfuric acid. <laughs> Quite the common deficiency. Yes, it is. It's very harmful stuff. It's incredible they do that. You want to talk about, anyway, the, the calcium woman that contacted us? I was actually thinking about the Andy skill from Whole Foods since we uh-huh. you know, are on the meat topic. Gotcha. One company that is very politically correct in the movement is Whole Foods. We have some mixed feelings about Whole Foods, let's just say. We go there ourselves periodically when we're desperate for a certain supplement that we're out of or we need something. We're Non-homogenized milk. Yeah, somebody, somebody we know is ill or one of us has an issue. You know, We need a certain supplement or herb or something. And notice I said herb, not herb. We'll get, who say herb gets smacked around me. That's the way it works. But when I was at Whole Foods last, they had, they've got this new marketing thing. It's called the Andy Scale. You remember that one, Sarah? Unfortunately. Well, they have come up. Let me, let me just say, anybody who uses the word phytonutrient, they're pulling junk out of their rear. Okay? A phytonutrient. That, that word has like no real meaning. It, it means, I would like for somebody to show me on a microscope or, or otherwise a phytonutrient. It really is essentially just made up. But I've tried to tap dance around this one over and over. I've just got to say this one by name. Mike Adams, that's one of his favorite words. You know, he throws that one around and people are like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds so impressive. Yes, you know, and it contains the part nutrients. So nutrients. It's got the word nutrient in it. Wow, watch me as my eyes glaze over. Say it again, Mike. He's like, well, well, phytonutrient. Um, This is total crap, okay? There are nutrients. We know nutrients exist. They've been isolated. We can find them in supplements. We know there are minerals. That's why we have multivitamins. They combine the two. We have herbs that have, frankly, stuff in them we don't understand. But that doesn't mean we're going to come up with some cutesy word like phytonutrients and pretend like we're all educated and understand it when we don't. Well, that's one of the first thing I noticed at Whole Foods. You got this Andy scale. The quote Andy scale, unquote, is the Whole Foods list of nutritious protein foods. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it might have included other foods, but the one I saw was in the, the meat section. Yeah. That was the protein foods. The first thing I saw on it was phytonutrients, and I was like, oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> right? I don't remember what was the top best meat. Because if it was high on the, quote, Andy scale, unquote, then it was the best food of all because it had lots of phytonutrients, Sarah. Mm-hmm. F- you know, phytonutrients. Well, do you remember what the top one was? No, I don't. I don't remember what the bottom one was. I remember it was something stupid. Mm-hmm. It was really stupid, like chicken or something. I, I can't even remember. Mm-hmm. All right. 
but at the bottom of scale, because, because of course, Whole Foods was being politically correct, at the very bottom of the skull, the most nutrient-deficient, unhealthy meat of all was, guess, guess what it was, Sarah? Beef. It was beef. Yeah, of course it was beef. Well, of course, when I saw that, I was like, of course, this is Whole Foods, and we're looking at the Andy scale. Of course beef is the lowest, right? And, and they make it so dumbed down and insulting to the intelligence of everyone. I mean, they don't give a flying something mm-hmm. about health. I mean, these people are still pushing granola and soy on their customers. Well, heck, if you go in there, you're going to get radiated by that, that corkscrew-shaped oh light. Yes, that's right. They've got the new radioactive light bulbs. And they're everywhere. So it's like, it's like you're shopping in the microwave. At the health food store, no less. And these bulbs are so bad, you can get a box of these new corkscrew, energy-efficient bulbs yourself and look, look at the tiny text on it. If you read the tiny text, it will tell you, if one of these bulbs breaks, evacuate the building immediately. It actually says that on, on the boxes when you go to buy them. Yep. Nobody pays any attention. It's the, it's the tiny little print. Mm-hmm. But, but it actually tells you, you know why? Because it puts off mercury vapors. Yeah. It actually contaminates the room, if one of them's broken, with mercury gas, one of the most lethal things on Earth. Now, it probably won't kill you from, because of the, the small amount of light bulb, but even trace trace amounts of mercury will have extreme long-term effects. Well, the EPA uh, recommends big... that you like evacuate your house, or somehow, simultaneously get out of your house and open your doors and windows. Yeah, how do you evacuate and yet open all your windows at the same time? Yes. Or you, do you hold your breath? We've got an article about these energy-efficient bulbs, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you really, really should read up on this subject, because we came up with some groundbreaking research on these bulbs, some stuff that is being very much suppressed. Yeah. These are very dangerous bulbs. They affect you both physically, mentally. They, they will poison you if you break one open with mercury gas. And once that mercury gets in you, it's in your blood for the rest of your life. Mercury doesn't come out of the body. Easily. Unless you proactively... Do something to cleanse it out. Mm-hmm. And they've got these in Whole Foods. Everywhere. The whole place is like one gigantic corkscrew light bulb. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but I actually get dizzy walking around that place. It's like you start glowing after a while. Well, you, you know, the priority of these people is that it's environmentally friendly. It's like, it doesn't matter if everyone like gets sick and dies. And dies. They don't care about that. At least they were good to the earth, weren't they? Exactly. They were good to, to Mother Nature. As we've tried to tell people many times, the stuff goes back to the old pagan witch religions, yeah. where you really are worshipping the earth and nature itself. The quote, great mother? Yeah. Whereas man is subservient to the beast. Because, you know, we would yeah. be hurting nature if we were using regular light bulbs. Mm-hmm. And here's what's, what's really rich. They're not even energy efficient. They're supposed to be so good, mm-hmm. but you compare an average light bulb what does the average light bulb use? It uses like, what, uh, half an amp? That's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I'm getting a little ranty here. Some of what we've seen in Whole Foods is just utterly disgusting, and I, I just can't believe the Andy scale. Mm-hmm. Beef, just a four-year information of all the meats, beef is the mo- most nutrient-dense. You get all types of amino acids and stuff from meat that you cannot get. I meant to say beef. I'm sorry, sir. You should have corrected me. Sorry. But beef is the most nutrient-rich of all the meats. It's probably neck and neck with fish. Yes, but with different nutrients, but yes. Yes. Well, the thing is, 
people are supplementing now with omega oils mm -hmm. to make up for the fact that they're not getting enough seafood in their diet. But there is no substitute for beef. You can't take an iron pill and get what you need. Well, we wrote an article called The Politically Incorrect Truth About the Cult of Vegetarianism. The, well, it is a cult. I know. But in that article, we actually specify the different nutrients that I can't remember off the top of my head and a certain amino acid that you just quite literally cannot get elsewhere. You cannot well, like, get it through supplementation. Well, you've got like this dizzying list, Sarah, of what beef provides. Well, what about what we don't know about? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's uh, phytonutrients. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, uh, well, enough I, about phytonutrients. Yeah. I swear. Well, whole, whole Foods still has like high fructose corn syrup and like half their foods. Well, heck, we saw some olives and we picked it up. And what was it? Sodium benzoate was the preservative? Yes. Uh, more benzene. You, you cannot get enough benzene, can you? And I'll we get, had to call them on it once when we found um, actually, we, we had MSG in that olive set. You remember that? Well, we had to go back several times. They, they didn't take it off the shelf the first time. Yes. We went back and we got ugly at the service desk about it and made and embarrassed them. And mm -hmm. then it came off the shelves. Yes. And then of course there's that that healthy rice. Remember we did an article yes, about the, the rice healthy with rice. the autolyzed yeast extract. Autolyzed. You see, it's not MSG. It's just autolyzed yeast extract, which is the same thing, but at least it's not MSG, right? Yeah. They play all kinds of word games to hide the MSG. Mm -hmm. That's another thing people should look up if they haven't. We have a list in the MSG article. Of all the different names that MSG is hidden under. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. No. Yeah, we have a list. There's also mentioned in the article why taurine is so important, because taurine neutralizes MSG, which coincidentally is in beef. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. There's a lot of people out there, I think one of the biggest markets today is in dieting, diet products, diet mm -hmm. plans, the Weight Watchers meals, and the Slim Fast, and haven't the diet we, drinks. Haven't we had a lot of advertisers for that? I mean, everything under the sun, but none of it's actually like healthy, or reasonable, or logical, or... Well, the it, issue... It's a scam in most well, cases. There's a scam in so many different ways. It's like, when you actually read the ingredients on some of this stuff, you realize that none of these companies are trying to help you lose weight. If you actually lose weight on any sort of permanent way, they stop getting your money. So they have incentive to keep you there or to keep you from, or to make you lose weight and then gain it and lose weight and yeah. then gain it. And yeah, then you've I, got the I remember back to the legalized steroids, the steroids that hadn't been outlawed yet. Yeah. Remember that one? I remember. When you look at diet drinks and they contain like aspartame, which actually causes you to gain weight. Yeah, it causes an artificial sugar rush and a sugar crash. Mm-hmm. When your body realizes it's been scammed and all this insulin is pumping through the veins, suddenly the sugar cravings are incredible. And you'll tear up a loaf of bread like there's no tomorrow. Oh, it's, it's so sick. It's disgusting. And it's like designed this way because the more of the diet drinks or whatever you drink with these ingredients, the fatter you get and the more you want to drink them or eat them. Because you figure, hey, I'm gaining weight. I've got to keep it up. I can't stop the diet drinks now. Imagine how big I'll be then, right? It's, it's, it's a trick. It's a dirty trick. And yeah. it's like what we deal with the medical industry. It can't be coincidental. It's too convenient to the bottom line. Yeah. It's just far too convenient. They know about this. If they were really concerned about people's health and about dieting, mm -hmm. real dieting, they would find something else. Like yeah. Steva or um, what's that stuff, that juice? Xylitol. Oh, oh you're talking about the I gave stuff. The I gave nectar or something like that. They're not really interested in that. To some degree, a lot of these artificial sweeteners do the same thing. And I think Steva is an exception. 
if you can get good stevia, I don't think it causes the sugar crash. Yeah. But most of them do. Even the good ones, even the natural ones do. And what's worse is these things are actually toxic, too. They break down into substances like formaldehyde in the body. That is the you know, aspartame and yeah. saccharin and all the... Well, sugar in and of itself isn't going to make you fat. Sweet things, by default, aren't going to make you fat. You can have honey, and it's not going to like make you just suddenly put on weight. In fact, it, no. it's going it's to give you a hand. No. It'll actually help with your intestinal flora so that you process the food better. Yeah. The problem with weight loss and with dieting is that none of these things really go for the root cause of obesity. Mm. In fact, they add to it. Heavy metals and toxins are stored inside of fat tissues. Mm-hmm. It's the body's defense mechanism is to basically wrap, it, wrap it up in fat. Uh-huh. And it plays hell with your metabolism, too. Yeah, until your body doesn't actually yeah. want to get rid of it. And, of course, some of it goes to the thyroid, causing thyroid issues, which, of course, cause weight gain, too. It's a big cycle. There's a huge article on our site about dieting the, the right way which involves actually removing the metals and the poisons from your body first so that you can lose weight faster. I just think that these companies that are marketing weight loss and making money off of people's obesity is just truly disgusting because they're causing these people to put on more weight, which is exactly the opposite of what they claim to be doing. And um, they usually contain lots of different heavy metals. I think one of them has just been removed from the market, the Biggest seller, Hydroxycut, I think it was called. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was pulled. We covered that back in the days of the magazine. I think we had... Dieting scams. Yes, and how like, it contained talc, this one of them did. I mean, it was just uh-huh. evil. I mean, truly evil. Yeah. Here, here's the problem. There is no magic bullet, and that's what everybody's looking for. It's just like with diseases and stuff. People destroy their own bodies, and then they go looking for a pill to fix it. And what's worse is... It's a chemical toxic pill in almost all cases. It's chemical warfare against the body. If you're really obese, you need to diet bad, it means you're doing something wrong. That doesn't make you a bad person. A lot of people will probably belittle you for being overweight. And being a little heavy, it's not that big a deal. It used to be called healthy when you were a little chunky because you could take a hit better. I'm a very chunky, bulky guy. Sarah sometimes describes me as being a linebacker, you know. I don't really go work out or anything. You would think I did by looking at me. But it's just living right and eating right. Sarah is the opposite extreme. She's really a thin young lady. We don't get sick very often, but if she were to get sick, it would hit her much harder than me. Because I'm, quote, healthy. I'm I'm big, in other words. You know, I'm, I'm big, muscular. It's yeah, just the way it works. We're totally opposite body types. We're totally opposite body types. And so weight really shouldn't be an issue for anyone. And we're so tired of hearing about weight. Just throw the scale out. Because some of the healthiest people are some of the heaviest people. Because it's not how heavy you are, but what your fat-to-muscle ratio is. Mm. Is to how well your body does. Mm-hmm. And muscle weighs more. That means if you go to the gym, work out, get stronger, healthier, trimmer, whatever, you're going to weigh more than you did when you were fat. I mean, seriously, you should weigh more. There's nothing wrong with it. You see, that's part of the problem. People go work out, they end up weighing more, and then they go crazy on these diet products. They're like, oh my goodness. I'm actually gaining weight. I'm actually gaining weight. I'm losing the battle. So I'm going to go buy this crap at the supermarket. Even though they're actually getting healthier. The stuff that should be banned, that's unfit for human consumption. 
And of course, what's going to happen? The weight may or may not change, but they're certainly going to look worse when they look in the mirror. And then they're going to panic yet again. Yeah. There is no secret trick. You need to clean your body out, and then you need to feed it right. The problem is, not with, not just with diets, but with all the diseases, it's like people spend months and many times many years getting themselves into a certain situation and then expect it to disappear in a week or two weeks or, mm-hmm. or in any, some cases less. These things require a lifestyle change, a diet change. All mm-hmm. of them do. It's, it's, and it's, it's a slow process. Yeah. When you look in the mirror or, the, or you look on the scale or whatever and you freak out, you think you, you're just, just so bad. If you try to make a deal with the devil, you're going to pay. It really comes down to that. It's like making a deal with the devil. If you think you can go out and take a pill and make it all better. There's just like so much in that article, I don't even know where to go, Sarah. Yeah. I didn't intend on covering all information here. I don't think we could, and I wouldn't hope to. I just thought that people ought to know to stay away from the diet products. It's like if you're going to take a soft drink and you've got the regular soft drink and you've got the diet drink, go for the regular. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. In the long run, you'll, you'll be better off. You will. Not that we're encouraging self-drink, you know, but drinks, but... <laughs> yeah. Even in the worst of processed foods, the diet stuff is always the worst. I it's mean, always. Really. And that can't be accidental. I mean, it's, it's not. It's, it's these same companies that are producing the diet products don't want you to succeed. Yeah. If you succeed, their market is gone. They've lost you as a, quote, consumer. Well, it's like they destroy their own market that way. Yeah. And they are. They're evil. And if you trace them back, oftentimes these foods, well, these quote foods, I don't know if they should be called foods or not, aren't even produced by food companies. They're produced by actual chemical companies. Yeah. How would you feel if you got this healthy food that you're eating? You think it's a good diet food? How would you feel if you realized it was made by du- DuPont or 3M and some freaking place over it in, in Pakistan or Bangladesh. Well, it's it's not really that hypothetical. Mm. Yeah, a lot of stuffs coming in from China. You can't even get good fish now. It's I, very very difficult. It's, it's very difficult, and when you find it, it tends to be expensive. We went to Whole Foods. No, no, I mean prior to Whole Foods, we went to some regular retailers looking for fish to buy. You know, and we wanted healthy fish, so we didn't get the prefab breaded, processed, whatever. Mm-hmm. No fish sticks. Yeah. We were actually looking for just cut fish straight from the water and frozen, which is the way you, you ought to do it. Yeah, but, I mean, you look on, on the back of these packages, and it says there very plainly, farm-raised, and, and worse yet, from China. Farm-raised, and not even farm-raised here, in China. Yeah, exactly. A country which can't really be trusted for, say, foods and products. Well, anything, yeah. Anything. They want to poison us. They're ready to dumb us down, poison us, and in 20 years after we're dumbed down, stupid, sickly, financially crippled, and have no military, they can just walk in, you know, <laughs> with no resistance, and our grandchildren will all be speaking Chinese. Yeah. You know, if we don't make some changes, we can pretty much expect that sort of thing. Everything's pushing us towards communism already. Oh, yeah. But I digress. We get away from the whole dieting thing. Yeah. Yeah, you go to fish from like Whole Foods or somewhere, and you just have to become. You have to be rich. You you need to take out a loan, mm-hmm. you know, or something. It's really sad. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we wrap up? I'm good, Sarah. Those that have listened all the way through this show will have heard in our commercial interlude earlier that there are ways that you can support us. 
but there are also ways to support us without giving us any money. For instance, you can tell your friends and family about us. You can list us in your email signature. You can link to us on your website or your blog. You can sign up to our mailing list and start discussions there. There are lots of ways you can actually help us without it actually costing you anything. We don't have a big marketing budget to try and get the word out to other people. Mm-hmm. So we rely on you to pass it around to your friends and mm-hmm. whoever you know. We do a lot of work to try to separate the good from the bad, the truth from the fiction. And we could use your help. Again, as usual, if you need to call us, feel free to do so. Yeah, our line is always open. There's no good hour or bad hour to call. Our schedule changes from week to week. If you want to call us, just call us. It doesn't matter what time it is. If we're too tired to answer, then we won't answer. You'll get a voicemail and we'll probably call you back. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We work out of our home, mostly. Yeah, we're very flexible. Very flexible. Give us a ring. Let us know you're out there. We know we could use more friends, couldn't we, Sarah? It certainly could. All right, well, this is Sarah signing off. And this is Thomas. I guess this is Toodaloo. See ya.